Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. So, our, our sponsor, MageMarket.com. Are you guys sick of purchasing cards from these willy-nilly websites, even eBay, and just getting not what you ordered, number one, or two, the quality you didn't order, or are you worried about getting fakes? No, don't deal with it anymore. MageMarket.com. And with offer code this week, you will save 5% and support my work here at the show. We really appreciate it. MageMarket.com. They're also coming out with their 2.0 version of their website. They're going to have a lot of crazy features, and it's just nice to have that you know security and comfort that you're going to get what you pay for, and you're not going to have to deal with the garbage or fakes out there in the market. MageMarket.com. And our charity spotlight is magickids.org. That's M-A-G-I kids.org. It's really the best and only charity there is for magic that's actually certified. I think it's a 503C license. And the whole charity is to use magic to teach kids and communities to benefit either schools, homeschool programs, maybe it's just your local library, and get kids into magic. So if you want to help out, magickids.org, you can either, one, donate your money, you can donate your cards and send it right to Mage Markets, uh, not Mage Market, I apologize, Magic Kids Headquarters, or you can become a volunteer teacher yourself, and they will send you kits, that's what they're using the cards for, to hand out and use as a teaching tool for your community. So again, magickids.org, certainly uh, reach out to them, help them out, it's great for the community. All right, let's kick that podcast. Welcome. Welcome. To this week in MTG with your host, Rob Zolson. All right, guys, my friends, my fellow nerds, welcome to this week in MTG. I'm always excited when we uh, do these weekly episodes, but we finally, since the beginning, have lost. I've lost DJ Fleece, which was my co-host when we started this podcast together, and again, he was there to help me out, get this kicked off, and since then, we've had a lot of uh, hosts and a lot of help from my friend Bacon Man, but we now have a tentative permanent host. I am just so happy to finally uh, introduce and welcome CJ Short from MTG Alchemy. Introduce yourself, sir. Hello, guys. I'm CJ Short. So, what are you most known for, CJ? I'm most known for being a part of the YouTube group MTG Alchemy. We are a we we stream on on multiple platforms and we try to do a whole bunch of commander things as well as um, we're we're getting into the pioneer aspect of it and we're getting into F and M and standard and arena. Uh, we kind of branch ourselves out all individually and then come together as a group uh, every so often to try to put some stuff out there. So we were lucky enough to have MTG Alchemy on in the past, and they're a very unique group. They are essentially are a, a bunch of individual content creators, all friends underneath one branding umbrella, and it's really uh, awesome to watch them. They have, you know, um, Koi, Miss Ruby Rogue, certainly check them out, but uh, hopefully I get to steal you, and we get to uh, really make something out of this podcast, buddy. I sure hope so. So today, our guest is from Hipsters of the Coast, a well-known news source for Magic the Gathering. I have been uh, a patron of theirs for uh, a long time. They have uh, really hit stories that uh, not shied away from the difficult stories either. And we have today the CTO, David McCoy. Introduce yourself, sir. 
Hey, how you doing? CTO is definitely the uh, inflated title, but uh, what I really do is I, I run the tech side of things, the hipsters, and uh, I run our news operation as well. So I was reaching out to you guys, and I was trying to see who the best contact is because you have so many different authors. You have a real collective on your website of people really bringing the forefront content. So I was trying to see who who's a perfect person to reach out to to see if I can get an interview. And I went to a random web page and got a 404 error, and it said, blame David, click here. So now I got you on the show. I'm blaming you, sir, and uh, I can't wait to have an interview with you. <laughs> I never knew that 404 page would uh, bite me. <laughs> well, you did a good job for a magic con uh, content creator uh, such as Hipsters of the Coast. Even your 404 error page has flip flip, so you're doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So we're going to do the interview the second half of the podcast to keep with the normal format and dive right in to the delicious news. So first things first, we have Magic Fests. Where are the next couple locations there, CJ? Uh, the next one's going to be at Magic Fest, Magic Fest Richmond as well as Magic Fest Sao, Sao Paulo. So I have not attended the... I haven't attended a lot, to be honest, out of the state. And a lot of times traveling just to go to a Magic Fest, unless you're a professional player, is, can be out of grasp, unless you're a real diehard cosplayer fan. But uh, I actually used to have a foreign exchange student from Sao Paulo, and uh, it's got to be a big party down there. So good on you guys. So let's dive into some finance. I have here some of the sweetest pieces that have brought up Pioneer is still what's influxing all prices across the board. We're seeing a couple others sneak in, but number one on the list is Wild Slash. We're finally seeing that go from bulk to $2.50. So it's an uncommon from Fate Reforged, one drop red instant, has Ferocious. If a creature you control has power four or greater, the damage can't be prevented. And it deals two damage to target um, creature or player. And essentially for Pioneer, this is what they're trying to foresee as the lightning bolt or shock of the format so we're seeing that certainly spike up and it my guess is going to continue to go up until we see a lot of these prices and deck lists stabilize and i don't see that happening for the at least another three weeks month well to be honest i don't see it happening until star city games has their tournament which we'll get into in a little bit here so next on the list is soul flare soul flare again went another bulk rare for to three dollars and 17 cents and still rising soul flare is a six drop black demon that has the ability to delve. And if a creature card with flying was exiled with Soul Flare's ability, it gets it gets flying. And it's the same for true for first strike, double strike, death touch, haste, um, indestructible, lifelink, reach, trample, and vigilance. So this is definitely going to be a stable for anybody that wants to exile the those jank pieces. And definitely seeing the deck lists that are coming out because you're seeing a lot of uh, pieces on MTGO and people doing trial lists. This is on everybody's top list, which surprised me because you're not seeing this in copycat combo, which is what I'm seeing everywhere. So definitely diversity in the new format. So number three on the list is Trade Roots. And finally, a non-pioneer card. So Trade Roots is about five bucks now, and it's a two-drop blue enchantment. It has the ability to pay one colorless, return target land you control to owner's hand, or pay one colorless, discard a land from your hand, and draw a card. So this is part of a commander loop thanks to Throne of Eldraine. Mystic Sanctuary, the common land, the non-basic island, allows you to return a instant or sorcery back to the top of your deck. If as long as you have four total islands, oh, it says three or more. There, there's the keyword. And in Commander, you can use this with, I'm going to butcher the name, Maloku, the Clouded Mirror, which is a legendary creature, um, merfolk wizard. And it has the ability to pay one, return a land, 
um, you control to your owner's hand and put a 1-1 blue illusion creature into, into play. So they're using this and trade routes with time warp to get infinite turns and infinite 1-1 creatures. Really gross, but if you want to pick up a piece, the original Markadian Masks is the one that's spiking. The other two, which is 8th edition and 9th edition, are spiking, but they're definitely considerably cheaper. So it all depends if you want that OG, cool, old-fashioned border look or something more modern. So cheap pickups this week is, of course, Finale of Promise. Standard is completely dominated by the Oko green format. And any other cards that you were normally seeing as part of the diverse standard is over. So Finale of Promise is dropping significantly. It was up to you know, pushing 15 bucks. Now it's 5 and still crashing. So if you want a couple pieces, do it before they ban Oko or at least adjust the green format somehow. Show and Tell is $17.70. I What? So Show and Tell is used in Legacy and some uh, you know, freeform commander play. I've even seen it in Oathbreaker. And you pay three, each player chooses an artifact, creature, or enchantment, or land among her hand and puts it, those permanents into play, or that permanent into play. So you play Show and Tell, then you play Spaghetti Monster, the giant 16-drop Eldrazi, and win the game. That's the, the whole idea. So seeing this card, even though it was reprinted once at this low price, pick up a copy if you want to give that a try or get into Legacy for cheap, because that is definitely the way to do it. And then my biggest shock is Blood Moon. I'm a big modern player, and if you want to build a monocolored budget deck because you don't want to pay for shock lands, red is the easiest pool to dip into. You can play Scred Red, you can just play Mono Burn, and Blood Moon is the easiest way to punish people for having expensive cards. And now being at $16 for a copy of Blood Moon, pick up yourself a few. It's definitely a staple in many formats. I just want to highlight the top 10 played cards in Standard, and right now, they're all green every single one of them. So I don't know what Wizards is going to do about this diversity that we're having, uh, or lack of diversity. It's completely dominated by, by Oko. So this week, we actually had Oko change the Magic the Gathering wiki page. So you can go on our, our feed for Twitter. It's at the, uh, this underscore week in MTG, and you'll see it. They actually took a screenshot, and they changed everything that to do about the wiki page for Magic, uh, uh, Magic the Gathering, and they put, instead of Wizards of the Coast, it was Elk of the Coast, and they informed that, you know, Magic the Gathering is a card game about Elk, and they just completely ransacked the whole page. And now the page is locked down, but it's certainly fit, fitting the meme and play style of where Standard's at right now. If you're not playing Oko or playing Green, you're not playing Standard. So, in honor of that... Our deck, our feature deck list for Standard this week is Simic Ramp. There's a lot of core pieces in it. Green will, even if they ban Oko, Green will still be at the top of the format with cards like Once Upon a Time, but it's it's dominating. Simic Ramp, otherwise you can splash a few colors in to get uh, get your list, but certainly check out the metagame right now. You see that the entire list is dominated by Green and see how you can brew around it until they do a ban. It is mtggoldfish.com and you just click decks on the uh, top to get your meta deck lists. Thanks to the new Pioneer format, we're doing a Pioneer deck each week and out of all the stuff that we're seeing, we're seeing copycat combo, we're seeing the Aetherworks uh, combos, we're seeing a lot of dredge staples and uh, you know, cons coming out of the woodwork. But one deck that I want to point out for people is White Weenies. We've had such great luck with doing small white cards, especially with the uh, different pieces, even from Ixalan being used. So certainly check it out. There's a bunch of different brews out there. But the cards I really want to showcase 
is Therabin Inspector. Therabin Inspector is a one-drop, one-two creature, human soldier, that when it enters, you get it to investigate, which creates a clue that you can sacrifice for two to draw a card. Super powerful, really cheap common, and you'll see a bunch of these human synergies, like other white, uh, white creatures get 1-1, one, one, which is uh, Benelish Marshal from Dominaria. Thalia's Lieutenant, which gets already in the humans deck for modern. So certainly check these out. There's a lot of... A lot of gas right now for Mono White that you'll see, and it goes so far back as to add Kithion, Hero of Akros, which is a the baby uh, Gideon you can flip with. So certainly check this out. It's well worth uh, a view, and I think that this could easily rise to the top of the list, and it does it on a budget. Even some of the lists that I've seen that people net with are only 90 bucks. So check it out. I think that's really a unlisted idea to go in. And I mentioned it before, I'm still trying to brew this deck where you can have Frank Sanity and Traumatize in the same format. I don't think anybody's really got that uh, combo down. It's in Pioneer, guys. Brew it. I need to see it. Submit your list either on Twitter. Otherwise, you can email us. Our email is at the bottom of the website, thisweekinmtg.com. Our modern list this week, I again, modern is not necessarily ignored, but the, the format, the meta has stayed the same. So I like to pick a fun deck. And... Saffron Olive just featured an instant deck tech from one of his fans called, well, he had to actually censor it. It's Bleep. There are some squirrels. So certainly check it out, mtggoldfish.com. I was showing CJ this uh, before we started the podcast, and guess it has Oko. You know, you can't have can't have a deck now with Oko. He hasn't got to, you know, crawl into modern. But what they're doing is they're using the Squirrel Nest, which is a three-drop enchantment that attaches to a land. Tap that land to create a squirrel. So they're using the Intruder Intruder Alarm combo. Intruder Alarm is a 3-drop enchantment blue. Do not untap during their creature's untap phases. Whenever any creature comes into play, untap all creatures. So the idea is you can use these as part of infinite combos along with a lot of other enchantment control. And when you have 1-1 squirrels, you can use Oko to turn them into elk and win the game. Uh, I like Oko, but it's it's really getting hard to like Oko right now. So uh, you might see a little salt in my voice. Check that deck list out. Otherwise, in other news, we finally now have some Theros leaks. So these are unofficial leaks. So I'm going to just put the spoiler warning up in the podcast. If you don't want to hear about them, pause, skip ahead a bit. But these leaks are fantastic. And what I use for leak tool that's really unbiased is mythicspoiler.com. It shows by day, so you know when people knew about it. And on October 30th, we got a bunch of different leaks. Elspeth, Sun's Nemesis, is a four-drop Planeswalker that only ticks down because that was a theme for more of the spark. And it gives you a lot of basic abilities, but the biggest thing on the bottom is the keyword escape. You can pay, in this situation, six total mana, exile four other cards from your graveyard, and replay the card. It's essentially like a delve, but on a commander stick. Super exciting. And it's Theros. We're seeing the enchantment synergies coming back, enchantment creatures, and a lot of other flavors. So sagas are back, and I think Theros is a good place to do it. They have, like, the Encroan War, and it's really thematic on some of the uh, history that they're trying to pull from uh, their Theros lore stories. But I'm going to pick on the Encroan War specifically. It's four-drop saga. Step one, gain control of target creature as long as the Akron War remains on the battlefield. Step two, until your next turn, creatures your opponent's control attack each combat if able. And step three, each tap creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. Certainly flavorful. I figure that could 
that could be used in uh, uh, definitely an against the odds deck for sure. But there's other hot pieces such as Labyrinth of I'm gonna butcher this name S K O P H O S. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Scofos. Scofos. But on it, it's either taps for colorless, or you can pay for and tap it and remove target attacking or blocking creature from combat. So before we had uh, a maze card that you tap for and you can only do a target attacking, now it actually does blocking as well. So we can declare a block, then tap it, remove our creature as a way to blink it back in. So I think this is definitely going to be a big staple for the format. But again... Enchantments are back, enchantment creatures are back, and we're definitely getting the full-on uh, Theros feel, and we're seeing hints of devotion back in Theros, so we haven't lost our, our roots. But my personal favorite, and I think CJ's personal favorite as well, is those basic lands. Those are nice. They are beautiful. So what they show is essentially, it looks like it's looking in the sky, like star formations and clouds, and it's swirling to build the original you know, five basic land logos. And I think it's a really interesting way of doing full art lands because we're getting full art lands all over the place you know promo packs maybe they're actually printed in the set but this is a unique way of generating for those basic full art lands so certainly give it a a look since then we got another batch of leaks and it's a bunch of the common creatures so i won't go over them but again mythicspoiler.com there's a lot of them these are all to my knowledge unofficial leaks so one of the other articles this week is since now the Pioneer format is getting so much hype and Standard seems to be in such a bad place all of a sudden, is Star City Game is dropping Standard for their next tournament. And they made it clear that it's not their intent to you know deprive people of the format that they like, but they're looking at the health of the situation and really what people are demanding. And they're asking for Pioneer, and with it just going to be an Oko Mirror match, I think this is a, a good move on their part. Having... It switched from standard and modern to pioneer and modern just makes sense. And I think everything being so fresh, what more fun are you going to have in your TV than looking at a ton of deck lists you've never seen before for pioneer or reminiscing old decks that you used to play in an old standard format? I think that's really uh, a good move on their part. So bravo. We got another big announcement this last week, and that was the commander products. So the commander products that they, uh, they leaked out to us, I'm just pulling it up here one moment is we have five new Commander Precons that are going to be coming out as part of the Ikoria release, April 27th. So, again, th this year's Precons. Instead of four, they're doing five, which tells me they might be doing monocolor ones again. Who knows what type of theme they're doing. But then we're also going to get two more Commander Precons as part of the Zedekar release later that year, towards the end of the year. We're going to get the new Commander Collection, or Command Collection, and this one's going to be specifically on green. So they're going to give us eight green Commander Focus reprints, which, awesome. Anytime we're just doing a, you know strict reprints and not making more demand, awesome. And Commander Legends. So with Battle Bond, they called it you know Commander Masters. They clearly saw the success of that, not necessarily being the you know two-headed giant uh, draft format, although it worked, but really people called it Commander Masters, and they took that to heart, and now we have a Commander draft set and i believe they're making this 20 cards in a pack to make it uh, a little bit better so who knows what price that'll be sitting at but uh, when that comes out in q4 we'll also get two more commander precons so essentially three releases of commander precons throughout the year really uh, devoting more attention to commander as a whole so bravo bravo guys so the last thing on my list is we had a big 
a bunch of extra life charity streams. Local, I think, our magic store in Fargo, North Dakota, that's close to us. They even raised a record amount this year. I think it was pushing 50k in a in a smaller town. But on the main magic stream, we got to see the infamous, no, I would say legendary. It's not Mark Rosewater. We got to see the Shark Rosewater. So certainly check it out. There, it's him in a full suit. Bravo! I hope that made uh, a lot of extra money for Extra Life Charity. But check out the memes, guys. I want to see this being replaced as the new Katy Perry Shark. You know, dancing in the background. Photoshop them in. Send your memes to us on Twitter. This underscore week in MTG. I uh, I want to see it everywhere. And I'm not calling him Mark Rosewater, at least for the next week. It's definitely Shark Rosewater. All right, well, let's dive into the interview, guys. And I appreciate all the, you know, back and forth we had. We had a bit of a, a scheduling conflict. Number one, I, I f- figured out when you joined the podcast that you are now in Ecuador. But uh, I also got uh, dates confused. I've uh, been trying to schedule the things in my life. So I do apologize. But, David, thank you again for joining the podcast. Hey, no worries, man. It's great to be here. So, buddy... To tell us where everything began for you. So it was uh, you and Richard Stein that started to set up this uh, together, correct? Not, no, not really. No? <laughs> so uh, Hipsters of the Coast uh, started in 2012. Well, actually, it started before 2012 as a D&D group uh, by, under a, a guy named Zach Clark. Uh, and then he transitioned it into a magic blog uh, where he just wrote about his FNM experiences. And then in 2012... Um, a uh, guy named Matt Jones kind of barged his way in and decided, hey, this is a great name. Let's actually try to make this a uh, community magic blog. And so about a year later, uh, Matt Jones asked me um, to come in and help transition the site from WordPress.com, which is, you know, like hipstersofthecoast.wordpress.com to just hipstersofthecoast.com. And that's that's how I got involved, just because, like, I knew how to operate web servers and install WordPress. <laughs> so... Um, I spent the next couple of years just, you know, providing tech support. Um, And then, let's see, when I moved down to Ecuador in 2016, um, Rich Stein and I uh, got our heads together and decided, you know, uh, there's really something to this site. And if we take it seriously and take the magic community seriously, we can uh, make this site into something even bigger. And so Rich Stein, he's the the CEO, president of the board, you know, all that good stuff. Um, he and I have been working over the past couple of years to build Hipsters of the Coast into uh, more than just a, a Brooklyn uh, uh, magic blog. And, you know, we, we've spread all over the world. We've got some Brits. We've got some people up from Boston. Uh, we've got some Midwesterners uh, still looking for some West Coast. Oh, we got our first West Coaster a couple of weeks ago. But uh, but we're pushing um, strategy art- articles every day, podcasts, and uh, on my side of uh, the content, I uh, I'm really focused on the news portion of what we do, which is a lot of breaking news. Uh, we try to do some community news as well, stuff like um, Card Kingdom did a, a fundraiser a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, podcast anniversaries, uh, limited resources did uh, had their 10, 10 year anniversary. Uh, earlier this month is it's november so last last month um you know try and treat the magic community like my my goal in hipsters of the coast news coverage is to treat the magic community as uh something that's serious and worth serious coverage um and and hopefully uh the stuff that i write and the stuff that my news writers write like convey that seriousness and our goal is definitely to try and uh create a a much more um 
informed community, but also just like, you know, spread the word about about uh, other content creators and what what other people in the magic community are doing. So how I found you guys in the past is you guys had some of the articles that no one wanted to touch. And I thought that was not only brave, but uh, also give an honest point of view. And having a third party point of view was so important. Um, I get a lot of flack for, you know, talking, even bringing up the uh, um, Hong Kong protests in the podcast and how mm-hmm. some of the MTG community dealt with it. And, you know, you guys really did inspire me in a lot of the articles you've done in the past about, you know, cheaters and, and other uh, other pieces, but uh, also, you know, making it community focused, like, you know, this is how it got better or this is what you need to look yeah. out for. And uh, just really inspired me. So I'm, again, happy to have you on. But, uh, you know, what uh, it was just someone that talked to you that knew your IT skills. What really made you want to be a content creator? Uh, well, see, I never wanted to be a content creator. Um, I So when I moved to New York, I moved to New York in, in 2012, and I, I didn't know anyone in the city. And, uh, you know, I, I had played Magic as a kid, but it, it had been like 15 years since I had seen a Magic card. Um, but I got this crazy idea, like, what if I went to an F&M? You know, I don't know anybody in the city. Like, I assume there are cool people that still play Magic. And so uh, that's how I fell in with this Brooklyn Magic group that had started Hipsters of the Coast. And I was an IT guy, and uh, Matt Jones was one of the most recognizable people in Brooklyn Magic at the time. Um, And so he and I became friends, and as soon as he uh, figured out that I knew how to wrangle a a, a server, he he asked me for some help, and I've been trapped in Hipsters of the Coast ever since. Trapped? That's... uh... I mean, that, that's only fair. If you're not wanting to be a content creator and they're, uh, they're making you go uh, above and beyond, then certainly. But uh, uh, I, no, we do appreciate it. Making content was my choice. Like, I, I avoided it for you. Um, mostly because, mostly because I, I'm just not a uh, very knowledgeable person about, like, magic history and that kind of stuff. Like, I, I'm a spike, but I'm also not someone who's willing to practice for hours a week to become, like, a, a really good spike. I'm just, like, a spike with my friends. And I just really felt like I never had never had anything interesting to say, really. <laughs> uh, and, and so what changed is when, um, when I went to GP Las Vegas... Um, in 2017, I think it was. Or was it 2016? It was the the Ixalan leak. So that must have been 2017. Um, uh, like I realized that um, there was this giant void in the magic community of people in the magic community trying to write news about the magic community. All of the news coverage about magic came from outside of the community, and they misunderstand the community. They're not like they're not trying to keep build up the community. They're not trying to um, make magic the best game it can be. And so uh, what I realized is like, maybe I don't have any strategic thoughts to share, um, but I can definitely write news articles. And I work from home. I can take 30 minutes in the middle of my day and bang out an article at WordPress. Um, And so that's what really convinced me that uh, I could take a shot at writing for the site. I'd mostly played just a support role up until that point. Um, And it's gone really well. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's helped hipsters of the coast grow a lot. And I'm very thankful for that. And, um, but, but yeah, honestly, I still don't see myself as a content creator. It's, it's, it's a badge that I haven't really applied to myself still. It's, it, I very much think of myself as, you know, one, one of the people that run hipsters and support other content creators. And then sometimes I'll write, uh, excuse me, sometimes I'll write a, uh, a news article here or there. Well, it's the Happy Gilmore effect. You, you don't feel like you're a content <laughs> creator or you don't feel like you're a golfer, but somehow you can get a hole in one every now and again. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, many, many life lessons can be related back to early Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just trying to like put myself in the the picture of a news source, you know, because I do the podcast each week, but uh, you know, I don't make. Uh, I'm not a headline act. I'm I'm something you're listening to in the car. But Magic has a history of really uh, incorrect PR since the beginning. And can you imagine in the early 90s when this came out, you know, they had like those, you know, a lot of the anti, oh, this is a demonistic product. You know, it had a history, uh, you know, hipsters of the coast to write articles to really paint a better picture. I think it would have been a completely uh, different decade for Magic. Yeah, well, I I will say that I don't I don't see our position as like painting Magic in a better light, but mostly writing from it, uh, writing about it from a point of view that's like enmeshed in in the game and in in the community. Um, you know, like I'll read news articles covering something about magic that's written by somebody who clearly hasn't played magic and they're just like details that are missing and it just like uh, it conveys a lack of seriousness um, in how people take um, magic and you know that's that's what I see that we take you know we're, we're in the community we're firmly enmeshed in it and we can provide the context um, to make that news make sense. And, and really like that context is, I think is the most important part because anybody can write up a set of facts, you know, like uh, Hasbro released its uh, uh, third quarter earnings, what, like last week or the week. And you know, anybody can write those earnings is their, their public information. But since we live in the magic community and we are involved in it every single day, like we can effectively give the context of like, what does this mean? For magic and in this case it's like magic is doing really well surprise surprise magic isn't dying um but that's really what i see is our core um uh value add is just like the the context and the ability to interpret that news um and give it the uh, allow our readers to understand it and how it impacts the way they play the game and the way that uh, they understand the company that makes the game i think a great example is something that you guys just did uh recently so when you have breaking news that there's announcements of new commander products. There's going to be, you know, three different uh, places. You have decks, you have commander legends coming out. Whereas, you know, let's use the example of a generic news source. They're not doing the in-depth homework. They never played it. And they're not giving it the, the, I like how you put, um, making it feel real. And all they'll put is, oh, new products were been announced by Hasbro. And you guys instead had individual breaking news articles going into the in-depths of, you know, when this is going to come about, you know, what some of the details are, you know, how many uh, cards are going to be in the packs a lot of you know nitty-gritty details which gives it the full truth that it's lacking in every other article yeah so like one of the most challenging parts of trying to be a source of news is uh, how can we package this in a way that is most understandable to our audience because not everybody lives on Twitter not everybody can can just read uh, two hours worth of tweets about the commander announcement. So like, how do we break that down in a way that one conveys what happens or conveys what happens, but also like tells you what is the most important information. And so uh, the strategy that we've taken lately is shorter articles. So like individual articles for those um, announcements. And then what are the most important pieces of information we can give you about that? So for Commander Legends, for example, it's like 20 card boosters. That's crazy. That's never happened before. Um, uh, that The fact that the Ikoria Commander decks are going to have something like 72, I want to say, brand new cards. Um, you know, th these are the things that Magic players care the most about and uh, want to fantasize the most about. Like, oh man, what, what are those 72 new cards going to be? Um, but, but like, it, it's it's 
the eternal challenge is is to break all of that information out because it was it was a crazy like 12 minute video that the command zone put out <laughs> with so much information and and it, it's it's a challenge to break that stuff down um and hopefully like i like to think that we're doing a good job and uh, and you know ho- hopefully uh we do a good job of uh, of breaking that down for you in, into understandable bites and giving you the most important information so you don't have to sit down and watch a 12 minute video and like pray that you understand everything that went on Exactly. So you mentioned before that this started as a you know community news source. Is that still headed that way? When I go on your website, it shows a long list of authors. Uh, are these you know people that are paid? Are these people donating their time? Why why such a long list? Sure. So uh, I will admit that that author's list is out of date because I have forgotten that it's manually set up and not uh, automatic. Uh, but we currently have a roster of, I want to say, 15 uh, contributors um, who contribute in various uh, various ways, be it podcasts, be it weekly articles, be it bi-weekly articles. Um, and they're all paid. Uh, I'm very thankful that we have been lucky enough to build up a business to the point where uh, we're able to pay everybody for the work that they do. Um, and so, um, you know, we have uh, weekly uh, commander content for people like um, Chris and Emily and Ryan Sanio. Uh, we've got some great podcasts like Goblin Lore and Leaving a Legacy. Um, you know, I do some new stuff. Uh, Emily Carrick uh, covers the MPL, and actually, she sent me her article about the MPL an hour ago. I need to edit that. Uh, but but yeah, we we pay all of them. Uh, I'm very proud. That, that we're in that position. Bravo! Uh, but in terms, in, in terms of like local news, so we we new, news is a very, in terms of the the life of the company, like a very new concept to to the company. Like it very much started out as Zach Clark uh, wanted to write about <laughs> about FNM, and it moved on from there, where we had a bunch of Brooklyn uh, writers writing about their magic experiences. Like there was no no news in there, um, and we definitely uh, carry on that tradition of, you know, writing about magic strategy. And uh, in terms of like the magic strategy side of the business, um, our goal is very much to lift up voices that um, otherwise wouldn't have a platform. Um, you know, like we, we definitely try and focus on finding people who uh, other sites would shun. Well, shun's, shun's a very... Uh, uh, ignore, I think term. is the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, ignore or just like wouldn't get the time of day, you know. Um, like that that's something that, um, that, that we're actively trying to do. Uh, like we don't care if you have uh, like 12,000 followers or just 12 uh, on Twitter. Like that, that's not something that, that we actively care about. Like what, what we care about is do you have something to say and uh, can we afford you our platform? Form in order to uh, to lift up your voice and improve the magic community with your voice. Uh, that that's very much how we approach our strategy content. Um, you know, like we're never going to have the um, the Huey Jensen's of the world or the Reed Dukes of the world writing for for hipsters. You know, the, the people that that write the strategy content. Don't say never. People want to. Hey, you know, like don't I say guess never. What I'm trying to say is that that's not like we're not banking on it. Um, and our goal is very much to to give a platform to people who otherwise wouldn't have a platform or wouldn't have as big of a platform. Um, and you know, part, part of our role in the community is, is a bit of like a, a springboard for writers. You know, like we very often have writers, uh, you know, cut their teeth on content creation with us um, and, you know, learn, learn the ropes and then jump to a bigger site. And, you know, that sucks because they're, they're great. They're great contributors, they're friends. Um, but I mean, it's, it's amazing to see how successful these people to go up, go on to be. Um, and like, we're very proud of, of being able to, to pay them 
you know, give them the opportunity to just cut their teeth on content creation and then find a home at a uh, better funded <laughs> company, so to speak. So what is the list of content that you guys offer? So number one, you can go to hipstersofthecoast.com, and right there you'll see a, a nice feed. It's a, it's probably, it looks like it's baked into an RSS feed. Is that correct? Yeah, we got, we have an RSS feed. Perfect. So you have your RSS feed for all your posts and news. Uh, you have a YouTube channel? Uh, it's currently uh, dormant. Uh, I, you know, I tried to get that up and running, but YouTube is so, <laughs> so time intensive that yeah, I was just unable to keep it going. So what other uh, platforms do you have? You said podcasts. What's, what's the full list? Yeah, so our focus is 100% the website is written content. Um, that is our bread and butter. That's what we're always going to do. Um, we've, we've branched out into podcasts over the last couple of years. Um, so we have a couple um, great podcasts going right now, Leaving a Legacy and Goblin Lore. Um, and then I run the Twitter account too. So that's that's like, I guess, our, th- our third platform. Uh, I, t- I tweet a lot of the news. I like tweet a lot of the events. Um, and yeah, th- those are the three places that you can really hipstersofthecoast.com, uh, the, the two podcasts, and then and the Twitter. So coming out um, into a content creation uh, form here with uh, this week in MTG, I've been around now, I'm thinking 16, 17 weeks, and I, I had to learn a hard curve that magic lives on Twitter. Yes. I did not realize that. Uh, again, I try to stay a little away from social media personally as much as I can. But if you want to have, uh, if you want to be out there as a presence and you want to have uh, news known or, or get information, Twitter's the place to be. So that is not uh, yeah. just a side job for someone that's in magic. You really uh, pat yourself yeah. in the back because there's a lot of work involved. But the the corollary to mag- all magic is on Twitter. Well, that's not what you said. But the, the corollary to like Twitter being the focus of the magic community is that not everybody's on Twitter. Right. And it's, it's really hard to forget that, or it's really, yeah, it's really easy to forget that, that not, not everybody in this community is on Twitter and not everybody in this community is on Twitter all day. Like some of us are. Um, and so like the Twitter micro controversies can really like sour people on what they think of as the larger magic community. There are so many, so many players that, probably don't even have a Twitter account, or if they do, they're an egg that hasn't logged in for, for years. And they have such a different experience and perspective that um, it's, it's important to keep them in mind when you're making your content. And so like, definitely one of the ways that I approach uh, the, the articles that I write is I want to uh, write something that helps someone who's not on Twitter all weekend, come back Monday morning and be like, oh, that's what happened this week. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to tell them that, oh, for the last two weeks, it's just been oka, 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 elk, elk. Uh, you know, like there, there's more to that. And thankfully, you, if you're not on Twitter, you got to avoid it. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, I think that corollary is extremely important to, to, to keep in mind. It's just like, you know, Twitter, you have to be there to grow your presence and get known um, among some of the other popular content creators, but just so so many magic players are are nowhere near Twitter. I can get, uh, I could really uh, stand behind these uh, statements. I have two Twitter accounts. I have my personal, which I purposely keep devoid of magic as much as possible, and I have the this week in MTG. And just going on both of them on a day to day basis, it is you would certainly confuse it to be a everybody hates Oko, and that's all they're going to talk about all week. Uh, if you're not really giving it the energy and time of filtering through for for new sources. Yeah, for sure. So what is, uh, I got to ask the juicy details here. What is the uh, one of the biggest stories that you guys have had that really puts you guys on the map? Well, so there are two. Uh, the first is, uh, was written by the aforementioned Matt Jones. Good friend, great guy, uh, hilarious writer. Um, so out in Brooklyn, we have a couple LGSs. 
and one of them was called King's Games. Is called King's Games. It, it still exists. Um, and there was a PTQ at King's Games. I want to say like December 2013, but don't don't quote me on that date. But it was winter because it was snowing, and the PTQ uh, got too many entrants. They didn't cap the capacity. And so they had to put people in the basement for this PTQ. And、What? this is not a new thing for yeah. This is not a new thing for Kings.、Uh, there、uh, have been multiple uh, uh, previous PTQs where people had to go down the street to McDonald's to play.、Uh, so it's, it's not a new thing. But、um, that's a wonderful problem. New, yeah. What made this new is that it was a basement, and it was an unheated. Unfurnished basement, and so Matt Jones was so mad about this. He took pictures and wrote a rage post about it、uh, because honestly, it was dangerous. The it was snowing outside. The stairs were outside. You had to go around the building.、Um, it was unheated. It was just not a place that a WPN certified store should be putting players. And so that that just went off. That was our best article for years. Like best being most read article.、Um, so. I, I would bet that's probably the first time a lot of people had heard of Hipsters of the Coast. Like we we hadn't really tried for virality, and then it it hit us.、Um, so that would that would have been the first time. But I think the real time、uh, that the the real post that put us on the map for real was、uh, talking about Todd Stevens last year. You know, we we spent our entire weekend on that article.、Uh, so just to recap, Todd Stevens was accused by multiple women of、uh, sexual harassment, and I believe. Uh, assault, but I I haven't read the article for a while, so don't quote quote me. Is、uh, all alleged, and we got word also that he had been fired from、uh, Star City Games.、Um, and so we worked our whole weekend to get people victims on the record. Well, not on the record. Get victims to con- confirm the story to get SCG to respond and go on the record, and and write what we thought was a、uh, journalistically ethical article about a very touchy. Subject,、uh, you know, it was kind of the the Me Too movement comes to comes to magic, and that also blew up.、Uh, I believe to this day it is our most read、uh, article, and that is the one that people still link to on Twitter. People still、uh, say that that that's that's how they heard about、uh, Hipsters of the Coast. That that that's the one that truly put our stamp on the magic community and let people know that we were interested in magic news. Even if it was extremely、uh, bad news and touchy news, and that we could handle it ethically and respectfully, and、uh, I'm very proud of it was a it was a team effort,、uh, and I'm very proud of everybody that that worked on that article and how it came out and how the community、uh, received it. I remember this article as well, and certainly read it through、uh, through and through because again, the Me Too movement hitting in nerd culture was just it, it really hasn't happened much. And you guys were there was not a lot of conjecture. It was all facts focused. We're trying to pull up、uh, actual details that you could, and I thought it was very well done. So bravo to your team. Thank you. It, it's it's really hard. As one of the hardest things you have to learn、uh, when you're trying to to be a journalist, a self styled journalist, is that not everything you know gets to be printed,、um, and that's that's very frustrating both as the writer but also as the audience.、Um, You know, like we could have said more. We could have, con- like you said, we could have included in conjecture.、Um, but in order, like, like we try to be as ethical as we can about writing about these things because it's people's lives. Like, anytime make... you're in news, you have the the power of the pen, and you don't want to underestimate、yeah. what you can do to, you know, miss miss、uh, represent something that would be unfair because that would literally、yeah. damage someone in a permanent way that you really can't retort. 
Yeah, like no, no matter what the truth of the allegations were about Todd Stevens, like in reality, what we were doing is writing a story that either ends Todd Stevens' career or we're so wrong that we're never coming back to the MTG community. And so like walking, uh, that that's a knife's edge. It really is. And especially when you're talking about um, sexual harassment and sexual assault, uh, these things are are just Im- impossible. They feel impossible to write about. And and I'm I'm very proud of of the fact that I think we, we walk that line as best we could. Um, and yeah, I, I think the article stands up today. So what's your favorite uh, articles that, that you've seen? Because again, those are the ones that are popular. But what's some of like the, the, the odd gems that really just made your day and really backed your faith in, the, in what you were doing? Sure. So my... And it doesn't you know, have to be from your you. Writers, it could be from your team. No, no, no. Your, your, your writers are your children in a way. Uh, so I am hesitant to, to pick favorites among my children. But um, the articles that bring a smile to my face... Um, every time is uh, every other Monday, Rob Bachman posts an article. Um, his series is called uh, Post Combat, and uh, that tells you uh, kind of the the uh, the bent that he takes. It's not not many people <laughs> know know the post combat uh, step, but uh, he is such a great writer, and he has he has a way of of tying real life things and just like completely unrelated concepts to magic and to what he's doing in magic or like a deck or something and it it, it never fails to bring a smile to my face and it, it's really unfortunate that that uh the job that he took earlier this year forced him off twitter because you know it's it's easier to thank people on twitter i have to email him which is such a hassle to say that his article was great um but uh but it's too bad he got driven off twitter for work but uh i just love rob rob bachman's articles every other monday Hey, you know, when you get an email in your inbox and all it just says is like, you're doing a great job, keep it up. I bet that makes his world. I really do. Sure, but I could also just tweet it at him. (laughs) Come on, that's the millennial lazy way. Get an actual email. Come on now. I know. No, but uh, seriously, they're talking about email. So one one of the great benefits of running a content site is that you get those positive emails from people who read something and, and enjoyed it. And there, there's nothing better than getting that email from a reader and being like, this is awesome that somebody felt so touched that they wanted to email um, the author and let them know that they loved their article. And there's there's no better feeling than being able to hit forward and forward that to, to the author. Um, you know, I, I love that part of the job. The flip side is we get a lot, <laughs> get a lot of people angry at us, but um, but the 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 great feedback, the the positive feedback overwhelms it, it and it makes, it's one of the best part of the jobs, honestly. Well, fantastic. So what is coming up for Hipsters of the Coast? You know, I, I, I can't help if I have people coming up with a product or content creators, I always try to ask, you know, what, what what's that secret thing you're, it's under the radar that you haven't told anybody about you're working on? Give, give me those juicy details. Come on now. I mean, we, we don't have many secrets, but um, if I were to, so the future of Hipsters of the Coast is, is bigger. Um, you know, like we have grown so much over the last two years, like more when Rich and I sat down and decided, you know, this, this thing has merit, we can build this into a real company. Uh, you know, we can, uh, have, you know, sell ad spaces, uh, ad space on the website and pay our writers. You know, like when, when we sat down and concentrate on that plan, like we had no idea that it would go this well. Like we're, we're so far, so far ahead of where we thought we would be. Um, uh, that is crazy. But 
but given given our growth, like the future of hipsters is just bigger. Um, we're gonna we're we we recently uh, re-upped our contract with Card Kingdom, um, so you know everybody gets a raise. You know that's great. Uh, we're looking to onboard uh, more content creators. We're looking to onboard podcasts, and uh, you know we've we've got. Um, I think one of the things that that we do that not a lot of other content sites do is like we we have uh, like technical service like tech services on the side. Uh, excuse me. So one of the things that we do is we have like a a uh, fantasy site. So like if you're watching the Mythic Championship or yeah, so what's coming up? Mythic Championship six is next weekend. So if you're watching Mythic Championship six, like what what you can do before the tournament is like draft um, a team of players or cards and like compete compete against other people for just swag mostly and so we have like, cool tech things like that we where uh, is this we built at? oh sure sorry i should say what it's called it's Absolutely. called thousand leagues so thousandleagues.com. it's uh you know it's just a crazy idea i had and that that i was like hey you know this would be fun let's see if i can build it and so yeah it, it's fun a lot of people play um every mythic championship where we have big plans for it in the coming year oh i'm um, so the in other <laughs> the uh, the other big technical uh, project we're working on is MTG Cast, which used to be a, a pillar of the Magic podcasting community, and then it died at the end of 2018. It, it, it um, suffered a huge server failure and lost virtually all of its data. So we were able to work out a deal with Quiet Speculation, who had been running the site before, to be able to rebuild it. And you know, it's building a podcast host is a huge technical undertaking, but uh, we got it back up the uh, back up off the ground. The hosting's back up. People can create podcasts on it. It's great. Um, and we have big plans for that um, in 2020 as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's not secret. You know, you got you got two, two services and, and you want to improve on them. And um, hopefully we can, you know, find some synergy, as the uh, the corporate people would say, between our magic content and our magic services and just continue growing and, you know, hopefully just take over uh, the entire magic community. I assume Absolutely. That's, that's just the goal, top right? to bottom. <laughs> Start and now yeah, we're just, here. Just own the whole thing. Yeah, yes, we're, we're just going to be the Amazon of Magic content. You know, like everybody works for us. Com. <laughs> so, what was that tool again for the podcasting host? Sure. Uh, so, so, it's mtgcast.com. So, uh, mtgcast uh, was a service that I think it was founded in like 2014. It's been around for a while and, you know, it was very successful, but it was run on a very not technically sound platform and that just led to ir ir irrecoverable uh server failure server failure at the end of 2018 and i'm a web developer myself so thankfully i was able to um to contact uh the people who had been administering the site before it, it failed and you know assume the mantle of resurrecting mtgcast and i it came out pretty good and we're we're in the process of trying to rebuild the trust because you know whenever a service fails that horribly no one's gonna people are gonna think twice about it again so so the goal for mtg cast in general is i want it to be the place where you can look for your next mtg podcast so like itunes is great all the podcasts are on there but finding all of the mtg podcasts is extremely difficult you have to somehow search kung or search foo your your way through the itunes store to just find even the medium to small size magic podcasts so the goal of MTGcast is to continue its its original legacy, which was as a centralized location for the MTG podcast community to share their work and also be a, a platform for someone to start an MTG podcast very cheaply. You know, it's it's free. There's there's um, 
you know, there's no fee, monthly fee for hosting podcasts. There's no, no limit. Um, and you get hosted along with all these other magic podcasts. And you also get access to, um, to an RSS feed, an MTG cast RSS feed. And one of the key, uh, like unique things about MTG cast is that there's just a big MTG cast feed. If you're a new podcast and you ask to be included in it, cause you know, like I'm not going to just let any troll onto the, the aggregate feed, you know, you, you ask to be included in the larger MTG cast feed. And all of a sudden you're getting your podcast exposure to people who are subscribed to the larger MTG cast feed who are there for other podcasts, but like they want to discover other. Podcasts. And so that's the, that's the power. And I think the promise of MTG cast, um, and our goal is definitely to, uh, to build on that promise and, and deliver on it in, in 2020. You can tell I inquired because again, I have a podcast and oh, you're had, a podcast host. I'm a podcast host and I had no clue that was, this was offered. So we'll uh, certainly have to talk after the podcast. This is uh, seems to be a fantastic product, and I have a question. On the bottom of your website, it says "powered by breakfast," <laughs> and you told me when uh, we were doing audio te- uh, checks that there was no breakfast this morning for you, sir. Oh yeah, I'm I am not a uh, breakfast eater myself. Breakfast is is just like it was, it's mostly a joke at this point, just like a, an organizational principle of uh, you know we we need to organize the like hipsters and, and the services like all under one umbrella and the, just the joke was breakfast. Uh, See, I don't li- know. little do you know it's going to get sponsored by Kellogg's, so it's it's <laughs> you're just setting yourself up <laughs> no, for success. I would, first of all, I reject. I would go with Denny's. Denny's would be my my breakfast sponsor of choice, and that's how we know you're a real American. How can say I have a story, right? I'm a, I'm a, a local game store. You know, we saw. I'm gonna go positive. I'm not gonna go negative spin because news can be overwhelmingly negative all the time, and I don't think that's fair. Yeah. So let's say I'm at a local game store and I see them doing something that no one else is doing, and I think the world needs to know. How do I participate and reach out to you guys to get uh, to really make sure my message gets spread? Sure. So I mean, there are a couple of ways. Uh, we have. Two email addresses that you can try, but I, I think the the most general one is probably editor at hipsters of the coast. Uh, you could also use info at hipsters of the coast, but they just go to the place. Email works. Hipsters MTG on Twitter. It's not very often that tweets that that mentions get lost to to that to the hipsters Twitter account, but you know it can happen. But that, that's a good way to reach us. I am David at hipsters of the coast.com specifically. You, you just got to reach out. The you, you, like like you did. Uh, Rob, you, you, you just DM'd me out of, out of nowhere and you, you just got to reach out. If, if you want to write something news related or not, you know, you just got to reach out and you know, we get, if you're the, if you're the tipper, uh, if you're the tip variety of, of contact, preferably don't be anonymous so that we can talk to you, get more information and confirm your story. Every good uh, news article needs a source. Be that source. Yeah, exactly. And, and being the source requires, uh, it requires reaching out. Uh, I will say though, if you do have sensitive information that you would like to share anonymously, you do have to give us enough to go on that <laughs> that proves that you're not just a crank. You know, we get we get a lot of tips, and uh, most of them fall into the crank side of things, which is understandable. It's a public email address, but in order to separate yourself from the cranks, you, you got to give us something to to hang on to, go forward with. Uh, on top of all that, email, Twitter. But my favorite is scroll to the bottom of any of the Hipsters of the Coast webpage, and it says Problems Blame David. So uh, there you go. Oh, yeah, just tweet at me. Just tweet at me. Just straight up blame him. Is there anything else that you feel like uh, we missed or the world should know? Just that I 
I'm very proud to be a part of Hipsters of the Coast. I think I think we've done very good work over the past, uh, let's see, it started officially in 2012, so I guess it's been seven years now. That's crazy. Uh, I'm very proud of of how the site was started by Zach Clark and how it's grown all the way through to its current, current state with uh, me and Rich Stein. And I, I just want to say that you cannot build something like this but on your own, and you can't even like build a, a podcast on your own. You need you need a co-host. But there's always a team. There's always people to work. And you know, uh, Rich Stein is is an amazing uh, leader, and he's a great friend and a good person, good business partner. Brendan McNamara, who I have not had a chance to mention, is our editor in chief. He does great work editing every article, scheduling it, determining the content schedule, all that kind of stuff. Kristen Gregory is our content manager. She does an amazing job wrestling up content, giving, doing some of that frontline editing work. And then every single writer, like I wish I could go through every single one, but this site is built by the writers. You know, I may help guide guide them and guide the company a little bit on my own, but but the writers are the company. You know, I'm I may be a visible part of it. You know, my you keep My the vessel running on, on the company. Yeah, you know, but really, it's the writers that 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 carry the site. Like, no content site exists, functions, does anything is is moderately is moderately successful without without good writers. And we have been just amazingly lucky to work with so many talented writers who wanted to contribute to building a site like Hipsters of the Coast. And I'm, I'm just so proud to have been part of that and to have worked with with so many amazing people. Shout outs and love for sure. So CJ, you got any questions for David? Uh, no, I don't. Go to hipstersofthecoast.com and at the top, show them your love, not only by just sending an email, which clearly you've heard they, they love more than anything else, but click <laughs> the link for store and Hipsters of the Coast have really sweet swag like i need to get myself oh, a thanks, man. big hoodie it, it's calling my name so certainly check it out hipstersofthecoast.com and again thank you so much david for taking the time coming on out and really showing how that news process works in the background no worries man thanks for having me on perfect so guys again share this with your friends if you got a couple friends that uh you know you're real close with love magic get make sure you send this to them this week and hit that subscribe button and uh we'll see you on the next podcast guys let's kick that outro Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no. Seriously, follow guys. and subscribe, or is it just follow? I, you know what? Subscribe, follow, like, share. It's it's. Oh my! It's on Spotify. It's already on Stitcher. We have the RSS feed on the website. This Check week in MTD.com. That's us. Please share with your friends. Share it up. Outro done.